Welcome to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. Thank you for tuning in to the fifth installment of my J.C. Chazé series. Today, we are talking about the outstanding tours that supported NSYNC's celebrity album, the Pop Odyssey Tour from 2001 and the Celebrity Tour from 2002. Originally, I was not going to give this topic its own episode, but I feel like we are in deep right now <laughs> when it comes to sync. If you're listening to this in the future, I'm recording this intro two days before Better Place comes out. So we're just dying and I've been getting so much positive feedback from sync fans and even people that are really just more casual fans, but they love this series and they've enjoyed hearing more about JC and getting back into sync. I've just gotten a lot of great feedback. And so I thought, why not pad it out a little bit? You know, why not dig deep into the tours? Because these two tours were highly influential in my life because I saw them when I was a kid. So they just imprinted on me in a way that things don't do after a certain age. I don't know how to explain it, but if you were there, you know what I mean. And I thought, let's make an episode that's really for the stands. You know, this is for those of us who really want to dive deep into these two tours. And if you are a more casual listener, it's for you too. I mean, it's for everybody, but I just mean I'm definitely going to be standing out in this episode, flailing. It's going to be a frenzy, you guys. But yeah, this was actually going to be just the beginning was going to be about the tours and then the rest was going to be about the breakup. But I also felt like the breakup deserved its own episode as well. And this episode and the next is going to be the most in sync of the whole series. So it doesn't focus as much on JC, but I felt like not covering the tours fully would be kind of doing a disservice to who JC is as a performer because he really gave his all in every single thing that they did especially their live shows so i want to celebrate that and there is still a focus on jc in these two episodes because even if i was just doing a general in sync series <laughs> i would just be focusing on jc anyway because i love him but it's hard to find content when you're doing research that's just specifically about these tours which means it's even more difficult to find JC-specific content that is related to the tours. So I'm not just covering them through a JC lens. I'm covering them through a full NSYNC superfan lens. And then with the breakup, multiple people, like I've gotten many requests to cover the breakup as a whole, not just JC's view on it or what he was doing, but just what happened between NSYNC 
in 2002, three, four. So the next episode is going to be jam-packed with information. I've been working so hard on it, guys. So stay tuned for that. Thank you again for being here and for listening and on with the episode. All right, guys. It is time to talk about the Pop Odyssey Tour, two of the best nights of my entire life. Now, this tour was at the time the biggest tour that had ever set onto the road of the United States. I feel really bad for the rest of the world that they didn't get this tour and they didn't get the celebrity tour either. Kind of sucks for the rest of the world, but I've never been more proud to be an American because <laughs> we got the great, great sync tours. What can I say? Pop Odyssey. First of all, let's go over the concept. I already got into this a little bit, but girl, the concept of this tour, just the term Pop Odyssey, I can't tell you how much I love it. I'll never forget my entire life. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if I get amnesia. I still will not forget. (laughs) Standing in that crowd, the lights going down, the screams, and then the typewriter clicking. was pitch black all you saw was the glow sticks and stuff from the audience and then the brightness of the screen with this typewriter typing out the word pop and defining it as music popular with the general public then they define odyssey a long series of travels and adventures then the typewriter continues blending those two words together creating pop odyssey which is one word An adventurous journey towards popularity beginning as just a dream and ending in reality. I have chills. I mean, if you were there, you know what I'm talking about. You just know. I mean, it's crazy. Then the guys appear on the screen and Justin's in the middle and he's wearing a shirt that says Instinct, which I guess was their way of making fun of the people that would make fun of them. And they're all wearing like makeup. They're all wearing dark eyeliner. They're all wearing studded vests and belts. They are supposed to look badass, I guess. They have, you know, spiky hair and eyeliner on. And they have these custom Dolce & Gabbana costumes, which honestly slayed. I mean, JC, like how hot he was. I'm I'm honestly having trouble thinking about it because I'm going to get hot and bothered. But it's like, I mean, I feel like at the beginning of the era, his new look was a little... It's not my favorite look, like the long, overly styled hair with the highlights and then the very thin, what is that called when you just have the thin line down your chin as if you have facial hair? I can't remember what it's actually called, but it wasn't my favorite look. But then once he transitioned to the tour, the look changed a little bit and that's when it really, I mean, to me, their looks were so perfect at this time. And I don't mean just like their natural looks, I mean their styling like I love the styling of this tour this is where they had like I said Dolce & Gabbana but also other high-end brands combined with just stuff that their stylists would find like at the thrift store and that to me is my favorite combination of things in the world I have always combined like okay I spent a lot of money on 
this skirt at this fancy department store, but I'm literally pairing it with a $4 tank top that I got from the thrift store. I love that kind of combination of style. There was something about the way they dressed on this tour that like was cohesive, but they also didn't match exactly. You know what I mean? Whereas on other tours they had matched like almost exactly. This was just a little different. They just felt so different. It's so strange that this tour began in May because to me if you watch like a November December performance of NSYNC and then you watch these spring performances of NSYNC it's two different groups you guys. Look you see a lot of how they got to where they are if you compare those but they're just so different by this point. Like you could tell that they knew in terms of vocals and dancing they knew that they were at the maximum level right they had mastered this boy band thing maybe they were not the first okay and some still say they weren't the best i disagree but they mastered they mastered the formula and then what they did with the formula is they put it into a new container and they shook the container up a million times and then they threw the contents out and that's what they did for their tour And it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And I am so lucky that I got to see this tour twice. Since then, because I was a child at this time, but since then, I always see my favorite acts more than once on a tour if there's any possible way that I can. Like, it does not take a lot for me to make sure that happens because for me, seeing my favorite acts multiple times on a tour, I just feel like it gives you such a richer experience of feeling and understanding this music and where the act is at in their career and what they're trying to do with it. And I just got really lucky because my dad had some connection with the stadium, Giant Stadium, because this was a stadium-only tour. And so we were able to get really, really good seats for the concert. Literally the luckiest thing that's ever happened in my life. I was a very fortunate girl for those few years that NSYNC and Britney were on top. And then my friend Gina, her aunt had gotten four tickets or something. So I ended up going with them as well. And that was how I first saw it. I first saw it from a seat that was still amazing because literally they did such a good job with this tour that I'm I'm telling you any seat was a good seat. And I do not like being up in the nosebleeds. Like I'm that type of person... I'll go without food if I have to in order to make sure I have a good seat at a concert, okay? But this was a higher up seat. It was still amazing. But then the fact that I got to go back two days later and see it even closer, when I tell you it is one of my best memories and one of the best nights of my life, I'm not kidding. And it will always remain that. What I said at the end of the last episode about how JC is like, I just hope people had fun. I had the time of my life, okay? So... This was, like I said, the biggest tour. It was the biggest production in music at the time. There was so much talk about how on their last tour, they had like 80-something trucks driving with them all over the United States because that's how big the production was. And this one completely, again, obliterated their own record. So they had now 90-something trucks following them. They had a five-story stage It included three video screens and five mini stages. Very important when you have a stadium tour. And you know what? Taylor's Eras tour kind of reminds me of this. I'm not going to say she copied them, but I'm just going to say like, because she didn't. It's it's different, but it's, it's the vibe. Like it's the same vibe. I'm not a big Taylor fan, so I haven't like gone to the show or anything. But just from the videos that I see, I'm like, it's giving Pop Odyssey. Which, yeah, it's called the Eras tour, but... Taylor is on kind of a pop odyssey right now. I mean, who would have ever thought that that little girl with the guitar would be like 
the biggest deal in touring entertainment. I, it's amazing. Good for her. <laughs> that that Arrested Development gif, good for her. Uh, so the tour was originally supposed to start on May 12th of 2001, but it was postponed to May 23rd because the production ended up being so huge that they bit off a little bit more than they could chew initially, and they thought they would have it done in time. And they absolutely did not have it done in time. I mean, there are so many safety checks that you have to go through when you're dealing with this type of production, and I'm really happy that they postponed it a couple of weeks. On May 23rd, the tour began. It took the world completely by storm. It ended up grossing over $90 million, which was about double what their previous tour had grossed. They were not the number one selling tour of 2001, but that's only because they did not take this tour internationally. U2 was the biggest tour of 2001 because they did 113 uh, concerts across the world. The Backstreet Boys came in at number three. They were actually right behind NSYNC as far as numbers go. So NSYNC's tour ended up grossing 90.2 million. Backstreet Boys grossed 89.8 million. But NSYNC played less than half the number of shows as the Backstreet Boys. And they only did stadiums, whereas Backstreet Boys did arenas and stadiums. So just kind of interesting. I mean, they beat out one of their idols, Madonna. Her Drowned World Tour brought in 74 million from 47 shows. So it's, it's really amazing. I mean, it's truly... I mean, the, the accomplishment here and the fact that this wasn't even the only tour. <laughs> I'm sorry. The fact that this wasn't even the only tour that they did for this album is just, they still take my breath away. Like who, like what the hell? They were just on top of the world in a way that's, I mean, it's hard to comprehend, you know? Sorry to interrupt everybody. But if you're loving what you hear in this episode, you might want to subscribe to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessicast. There you will find all my bonus content. So you will have access to 55 plus bonus episodes, video episodes, and you get all my public episodes a week early ad free and you get them in an extended cut kind of like the director's cut of a movie so if you want some extra content from the ashley and jessicast please go to patreon.com slash ashley and jessicast where you can subscribe at the five dollar or the ten dollar tier you're charged once per month and you can cancel online anytime back to the episode Okay, so let's get into the set list. Now, we have for the opener, of course, Pop. And I love this performance. I actually can't believe that they started with this. The dance routine for this song is just so intense. And I actually think it's their hardest to learn, by the way. And for them to start with this, like, obviously, I understand why it was the new single, but it's just that's a lot of energy to exert right up at the top like they are just not to mention that they were running across the entire stage basically the whole show I mean it it was like the Olympics up there you you just couldn't you just couldn't believe their stamina and their energy so they come out wearing like jackets and everything and they like rip all of their clothes off the whole time so 
that again just like the aggression of this album it was just so different it was just less hokey and less boy bandy to see them angrily like ripping off their clothes and this was a completely different feel from the previous tour which I wasn't at but I had watched the Madison Square Garden special roughly 700 times so I knew the vibe and this was just such a different vibe I feel like right off the bat so then they do Tearing Up My Heart and I Want You Back. Then they pull out those elevators platforms. <laughs> that The ones that have each guy on a single circular platform instead of all of them on one platform, which seems much safer. They're all on these single platforms. Remember I said they were rickety on the last tour? Well, they reuse them for this tour, which is economical and, and good for the planet. Thank you, NSYNC. Like invented climate change awareness you guys i'm gonna be silly in this episode okay because nsync is back believe it or not i have not had an alcoholic beverage of any kind this is just what it's gonna be so they play god must have spent a little more time on you and again i can't believe that they started with pop and then tearing up my heart and i want you back just such an explosion of dancing and then they have to stand on this rickety freaking pole and <laughs> sing one of their most emotional songs i mean it's amazing. Like, they were flawless, obviously, just like they always are. But then comes my favorite song off Celebrity, The Two of Us. Now, imagine me, child Leah, okay? I had never heard this song before, okay? None of us had heard it. So I was like, like, I just thought that was so unbelievably cool. I had never been to anything where somebody was debuting new songs. And also... I didn't have the songs. You know how if this happened today, or even if this happened like a couple years after it happened, those songs would be instantly passed around to every NSYNC fan that you would know on the internet, right? Like literally within minutes of somebody recording it on their phone, it would be getting sent to all their friends who would post it on message boards or whatever, you know? We didn't have the songs. And I love this song. I have always thought this song is just the epitome of sweetness and I love the storytelling of it. I realized I didn't talk about a lot in the last episode, like why I love the song so much for the most part. I was kind of fired up about Gone, but The Two of Us is my favorite. And I just think it's the most beautiful telling of the story of going from best friends to more. That realization that so many rom-coms try to get right and most of them don't. Meanwhile, Joshua Scott Shazay writing the perfect <laughs> song easily but I just love how the lyrics flow in this song JC and his co-writers did such an amazing job expressing just the little details in the song I feel like it paints such a picture again like I said in the no strings attached episode JC loves a concept he loves a strong concept that he can write off of and I love the way that he expresses you know I was thinking and it clicked one day that no one else has ever made me feel this way just that beautiful realization of oh my god this person isn't just my best friend they're gonna be my husband wife whatever like oh my gosh we this is this is different than I thought it was I just think it's such a beautiful perfect song and I think it stands out so much on celebrity because it's one of those songs that doesn't have any aggression and it just has such a unique carnival circus type of music that is just so childlike. This song is so lovely and sweet. And I just, 
like I remember seeing this and just being like oh my god what was that song like that song was so cool that song was so different like I remember thinking that because it just really as soon as I heard it it was love at first hear <laughs> love at first listen Okay, so then they get into Space Cowboy, which is absolutely the most unhinged, insane thing you've ever seen in your life. It, first of all, there's this, <laughs> this skit, which like, look, I'm an actor. I love a skit, okay? No one here is saying that there's anything wrong with a skit. But they do this bizarre... <laughs> At least they have Lance playing one of the cowboys because he actually is from Mississippi. So it's like, okay... Like, I buy it. Um, but him and Chris have, like, southern accents and they're, like, they're doing this whole cowboy thing, which is dumb because it's not, like, a cowboy cowboy thing. It's, like, space cowboy. It's different. And it was just, it's just so weird. But, of course, like, as a kid, again, they were brilliant to cater to kids. They knew this wasn't, like, the stuffy 11 a.m. on a Wednesday crowd at Lincoln Center. You know what I mean? This was, like, kids in freaking fifth grade so we were so excited to see a dumb skit of them as cowboys like it was great but then they come out on zip lines which is obviously like the coolest thing ever I mean can you imagine being one of these five guys a year after you obliterated the sales records and you're flying over an audience of people that probably would all be happy to die for you if you fell. Can you imagine how powerful and crazy that, especially at their young age and everything they'd accomplished, can you imagine like what that feels like? That has to do some weird shit to your brain. I'm really happy none of them have ended up in jail or having serious issues or something because I don't know, it's just crazy especially because if you had zip lines in your song you would think that would be like the highlight of the song that would be like your big trick for the song but that's not even it like by the end of this song you forget about the zip lines I forget about the zip lines every single time I am always surprised by the zip lines because <laughs> that's my new sync fan site by the way <laughs> you forget about them because there are of course five mechanical bulls Okay, so once they get to the stage, you know, there's some singing and dancing, blah, 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 blah. That's not why we're here for this one. Although they do sound amazing singing all over this damn stadium. Like it's, it's what they did on this tour was crazy. In sync in general, I just, I don't understand how they were always so perfect. Like how they were so together and not out of breath and able to sing so well. It's mind boggling. They should be studied, seriously, like whatever they were doing to keep their endurance so high, that should be studied by a doctor. I'm not kidding. I genuinely need to know so I can uh, get some of that for myself. Then they get on the mechanical bulls. Of course, we know JC has one in storage. And yeah, it was crazy. I mean, seeing this live, I mean, you, you have to remember too, it was 2001. This was pre 9-11. Like life was just different. Things were just... You know, if you were a kid, life was better, I think, than it is for kids now, you know? We didn't have social media. We weren't on TikTok where every 30 seconds you scroll and see a new, like, amazing, mind-boggling thing, you know? This was very exciting. Like, even if InSync hadn't been my favorite and even if I wasn't already freaking out, I mean, just seeing any show where five hot guys flew over your freaking head and then landed on the stage, did some amazing dancing and singing, and then jumped onto a mechanical bull? Like, what? Of course that's, like, 
something I would want to see. <laughs> it just, I like, I wish I could convey to the people that, that unfortunately were not there, seeing it as a kid specifically. Because as much as I love concerts now, I'll never be like a child watching in sync again. You know, you just have an entirely different perspective on the world and you're just so filled with wonder anyway. And then you see your five favorite people in the world fly over you. Like, what just happened? I mean, I saw it twice, so I was, you know, beside myself. <laughs> like, I I don't even know. It was really something. That's – it was really something. And they, they drag this song out too. Like, I don't know the exact timing of it, but I just – it's – like, they really do a whole – act for most of these songs like there's a whole performance going on with crazy props and a lot of things that you would not expect it's not just like okay here we are doing the songs that was more the celebrity tour which I cannot wait to get into that either but okay Leah one thing at a time so <laughs> next we have this I promise you which little bit of a different version right I actually prefer this on the celebrity tour but Obviously, JC sounds amazing. It's, I mean, it's this, I promise you, you know? So let's get to Gone. Now, this was, <laughs> look, if you were attracted to men, this, <sighs> how do I describe it, ladies, gays? How do I describe it? So first of all, all five of them came out in that Charlie Chaplin look because they had another interstitial. They had a little skit with Justin where he plays Charlie Chaplin. Well, he plays Charlie Chaplin in one of his movies, you know, and they do this little like silent, cute film about, you know, Justin having a girl and then she's gone. And all of the guys look so ridiculously hot in these outfits, the hats, like, oh my, I, I'm sorry. The, Justin, first of all, looks so much better in that old timey bowler cap than he ever did in a fedora. And someone has to tell him that. Like, Jessica Biel, if you will not be honest with your man, I will. I will. That's all I'm saying. So this performance, I mean, if you were a Justin girly, I can't even imagine because I was always a JC girly. But there were moments like these where your inner Justin girly just needs to be heard and she needs to be seen and she needs to be appreciated for who she is and she is in there. And I mean, he was gyrating on the catwalk, which that catwalk in general, I just loved. That was such a good catwalk. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe what I mean. Just the placement of it and how long it was. It was like long and skinny. And I loved all the different types of dances that we saw them do, like whether it was one of them on it or two of them or all five of them in a row. I just love that catwalk. Like I hope if they do another tour, they have a catwalk because it was everything. And you just really saw Justin come into his own as an artist right before your eyes. Again, we didn't know this song. So it was like, holy shit. Like, this is amazing. Like, you just didn't – it's hard to imagine now because it's Justin Timberlake. He's this whole other thing that's separate from NSYNC. And there are a lot of people that don't even know him from NSYNC at all. They Like, young people are just like, oh, it's Justin Timberlake. Like, it's just so weird how – if you were born after a certain time, you got to know Justin Timberlake before NSYNC. Like, can you imagine that? If Justin to you was this, like, 
older pop star who you think maybe started in a band that's does that hurt like it kind of hurts but whatever (laughs) time moves on and, and life changes and that's fine I can't so We hadn't seen Justin like that before. Nothing that they did before ever compared to this. Even if Justin had a big solo or something, it was nothing like this. This was like, this was like Justin's dream. You know, he wanted to be on his own, obviously, because we know what happens the next year. But he had the best of both worlds. Like he had his brothers behind him, supporting him. So he could kind of like try something like this on his own and see how people responded and oh did we respond okay I responded as a tween differently than I would today okay I'm sure it was it it must have been so uh uncomfortable for my mom to watch me uh becoming a woman before her eyes because it was just like it was very hot I don't know how else to say it I like JC I love you you will always be my favorite you know that please don't get mad at me for saying this right now but Justin this was a great performance okay it was just it was I liked it so anyway (laughs) then we move on to it's gonna be me which is funny because like the end of gone kind of blends into it a little bit and it's like doesn't somebody like hit Justin in the head which after that performance he 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 deserved to be taken down a peg you know what I mean it was like okay calm down does JC get his whole solo moment where he's gyrating on in front of me on the catwalk because I that is what I would have preferred I'm not complaining because I loved it but I've like yes I would have preferred if JC also had his own like little moment like that I mean who come on I I don't know but yeah this was another extremely chaotic number. They slay the choreography every time, which is impressive considering there's, it looks like a kid's room on the stage. Like there's just toys everywhere and all their dancers are like fully, they're like riding little toy cars or not toy cars, but like, (laughs) you know, those little cars you get for like two-year-olds to drive around in those, what are they called? Um, Child cars. Like, I don't know what to call them, but I know I did have a pink Barbie um jeep so anyway they have giant teddy bears and puppy dogs and they have nerf guns and they have boppets and they just have all this these random toys because of the it's gonna be me video I guess they decided to continue that theme and again it me watching it as an adult I'm like okay you know this is fun I guess but like as a kid they were so smart because I mean I was only a few years removed from playing with toys I thought it was so cool. I just left throughout the whole um, show that I never knew what was going to come next. And I never knew like what crazy thing I was going to see. Like it would have been exciting enough if the five of them were standing there wearing all black in front of like a white background and just singing the whole time and doing nothing else. Like that would have thrilled me to my core. So the fact that it was also this extremely entertaining show and it would go from something like dark and sad and like black and white like gone to then it's going to be me with these, you know, like loud, beautiful colors everywhere and toys flying about and all this stuff it was just very visually arresting for me so now we get to my favorite part of the show this is like my favorite section they get into see right through you so this was another new song for me um my favorite part is obviously everything jc does does he freak you the way that i do because you know that i know how to i look 
I was not even through puberty yet, but I understood what he was saying. I really did. I got it. <laughs> I got it. And if you thought Justin on the catwalk in Gone was hot, well, honey child, I have something to raise you. JC on the catwalk <laughs> during See Right Through You because it was, oh my God, was it a sight to see. I just, ugh. And I love that they, this is a brand new song and they have choreography from the beginning to the end again. It was just so exciting like this. And then the next song, like I really love See Right Through You. Again, it's classic of what I was talking about, that aggression and anger that NSYNC was expressing. Their anxiety was building with each album. I love See Right Through You, but up against the wall is probably like in my top three on celebrity so I love that song and just like being someone who was a dancer that was the ultimate dance song to me at the time I danced my ass off at this but even more I'll tell you about the celebrity tour later um I love that they did it on both tours by the way and I think this song is so unique and bold for them to do and just like the combination of the pop and the two-step and the fact that it's a really fun song where they're not afraid to be a little like cheesy but not in like the typical way like they are on the ballads like I don't know how to explain up against the law I just mean like the little you know chant that they do like she's underneath the disco ball the disco ball the disco ball like it's just so theatrical and like again you can tell it's written by JC these songs that tell a story that you can picture the visuals of it in your mind like it's being done on a stage in front of you or you're watching a movie of it like that's JC's MO with songwriting so I just I love it and of course they literally are up against a wall oh and I forgot to say in See Right Through You they use the treadmills from the No Strings Attached tour the ones that they wanted to remove because they cost $75,000 again look at them repurposing their items ah Al Gore do a documentary with NSYNC on saving the earth so yeah up against the wall they use those things that Britney opened her tour with the when she's on the oops target thing they, of course, have to literally be up against the wall. It's kind of like it makes me ill from NSA where it's like they literally have to be doctors. And I'm like, okay, we, I get what's going on. So then they get into Celebrity. Again, this was like a new song. And this is another – I feel like JC had to have partially helped write this. Maybe he just doesn't have a writing credit because – I don't I don't know why but honestly like this is such a JC song because it has like such a tight concept and it tells the story of this situation so well and so clearly and I love the way that they did it because it starts with a skit and Justin is on a speedboat I don't know why that's so funny to me it's just very Florida it's like this is a band from Florida because they didn't know where to film they had to all film in different places and they're like oh I'll just go get my speedboat like that's extremely Florida and so that's my other NSYNC new username <laughs> at It Screams Florida. Um, so JC is the star also of this performance. That's why I, I kind of think he had a hand in writing it, especially because it's also rumored to be about his girlfriend. So I don't know. But he plays the lead and, you know, he's like he deserves an Oscar. Like, let's be honest, he was robbed. I just think this is so funny, like not actually funny but just like funny because I'm obsessed with JC you know what I mean it's funny in a stan way I told you guys this was going to be the stan episode when he's like 
on the phone with all the different guys and just his reactions to all the guys like wasting his time. I love when he's like, oh, Joey, I gotta go. It's my girl and it's not good. And, it, and then Justin's like excited because they got three-way calling. That was, for those of you who are too young, that was exciting. Like when you figured out three-way calling and I feel like we all genuinely didn't know how we were gonna figure it out at first. Like it just sounded so amazing and like futuristic. It was like, wait, what? We can have three people on the phone? Like how do we do that? And you like weren't sure if it was going to work the first few times that you did it. And so you had to, you know, when you dialed the third person's number in and they would say hello, it, it would be like the other two people would be like, oh my God, it, it worked. Like, it <laughs> So yeah, Justin is, is speedboating around probably getting chased by alligators. I don't know what goes on in Florida, you guys. Then JC's girlfriend, who's played by a dancer, which is like, I don't remember which one she is, but she is so lucky like I was so jealous of her I remember looking up at those dancers because I was also a dancer so I was like how do you get this job like how can I I, I need to dance I need to keep studying dance because <laughs> I need to be this girl and I love how she's doing like the very dramatic acting because it's not really her voice it's a voiceover but she is doing that theatrical acting honey with her whole body <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because I was obviously doing all the movements I feel like you guys could feel the movements through my voice um but yeah she's awesome and then the boys come out of the floor in their like very celebrity outfits you know they're all wearing like metallic and sunglasses and leather and all that kind of stuff they're wearing like their rock star outfits and again this song just like blew my mind like I was just like oh my god like I totally get it I get the story she's just a gold digger like I I hope that's not true I would never do that to JC I would never oh my god I wouldn't ask him for anything except tickets um but yeah, that, like, I loved, all the new songs I loved, like, I was totally, I, I, I could not have been more excited to hear new stuff, that was, like, so exclusive to me, almost like I was getting to, into something that you couldn't buy a ticket for, you know, it just felt very, very cool. And so then they go out onto the second stage where they started the show, when they came out during pop that it wasn't even like a stage it was just a platform and so they do this little segment that's really cute where they um read letters of people that are in the audience and they really did this it wasn't just like for the dvd or anything and i love this so much because it's not direct audience interaction because it's a stadium like it would be really hard for them to get that close to people but just even like reading fan mail to a fan that you know is in that stadium that's just so adorable and I like I just love that I think it's really important for artists to take a minute to talk to their fans I know the Jonas Brothers do that I mean their audience interaction is insane like they literally stop the show to congratulate people or say thank you to people or you know, they did gender reveals at the show I went to last week. Like, it was just amazing. Um, so I love this type of stuff. I feel like it just makes you feel really connected to the performers in that moment. And the way that they do it is really cool because they do something like you falling and selfish. And in between, they read the fan letters. So it's like this very sweet... Uh, dedication to the fan they just read the letter of and they're like well this one is for you tonight Deborah." and you know all the other hearts in the audience are just breaking because you're like wait where the hell should I have submitted my letter <laughs> 
you know, I mean, how amazing would that be to get called out on stage by NSYNC in front of everyone like that? It's just so awesome. So I really like that part of the show, especially because we get to hear the ballads. Chris gets a moment finally for the love of God. He has a moment where he gets to sing a song that he wrote that he has a lead in. And I love something like you. I love Selfish. You guys know I don't like that these ballads are kind of underrated. And then we get into No Strings Attached, which is the fake out ending. And it's a great performance of it. There's nothing like particularly crazy. I mean, compared to the rest of the show where there's like toys flying everywhere and or like Justin dressed like Charlie Chaplin or whatever. It, it's like fairly tame. Um, <laughs> and then they say goodbye and everything, but it's a fake out and they come back for the encore and the encore is long. Like the encore is not just just some little bonus acapella thing going on. It's, it's a whole thing. So they do this song, The Game Is Over, co-written by JC. Again, our man loves a concept. So this is a very high, heavy concept song where, you know, they're framing the end of a relationship with the game being over in a video game. And so, of course, they have this whole thing with, like, this, I don't know, Power Ranger villain-looking thing that's that's uh the enemy in the game I don't even know but like I'm boys are just with video games you know I mean like I get that we're all adults now but I think boys are just like very they love video games okay like and I I can play a video game but I'm not I'm not a gamer so to me I'm like okay this this segment is kind of long but I love that JC's song gets a big moment on the tour in fact all of JC's songs get pretty significant moments on this tour so that's awesome and yeah, they are wearing like video game gear and the whole thing is just very like they're in a video game. And I, I'm kind of like clowning on it now, but at the time, oh my God, I thought this was the coolest thing as a kid. Are you, are you kidding? Again, they're doing video game shit, you know, they're appealing to kids. And I feel like they were able to kind of relive their own childhood doing this, you know, because it's your dream since you're a little kid and to get to do it in any capacity is just mind-blowing but then you get to do this tour where you have this unlimited budget to go crazy and have like mechanical bulls and zip lining and whatever else the hell you want you know it's like I mean I can't even imagine how surreal this whole thing must have been for them so then of course they do bye 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 and they throw it back to their VMA performance from 2000 which was iconic the one with the tv screens which I love that they used that concept because I actually think more artists should do that. I think instead of making their tour like everything new, new videos, new costumes, new everything, like I think it would be iconic if Jennifer Lopez, when she does her next tour, she comes out in that Versace dress, you know? That would be like seeing a celebrity in its own right. That's literally the reason Google Images was invented. You know what I mean? Like whatever you're iconic for, like wear it. Would you imagine what people would do if Britney like pulled out a freaking snake? in her show would you die I mean it's I just think celebrities should bring back their iconic moments especially because right now it's like the hottest thing is nostalgia but anyways they do bye 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 it's amazing it's life-changing it's breathtaking it's it's everything you could ever want from this perfect boy band how did they get even better than they were last year somehow they've accomplished that I'm a fan for life I am healed my skin is cleared everything is fine that's it. I mean, it was just so fun. It was everything. So despite my rave reviews of the Pop Odyssey tour, 
it wasn't that well reviewed by critics, which I think really hurt NSYNC's feelings. I don't think it hurt them financially or anything like that, but as I said in the last episode so many times, they were really trying to prove themselves and differentiate themselves from the other bubblegum pop acts and I think that a lot of publications and stuffy older people that are not even into this type of music and just wish that everything was the way it was when classic rock was popular, (laughs) I think that they were doing a lot of these reviews and that's why they didn't get the best reviews. So for instance, Entertainment Weekly said, NSYNC has taken to calling its kid-tested, mother-approved confection, quote, dirty pop. But if they're sold out, June 5th Pop Odyssey concert at New Jersey's Giants Stadium, yours truly was in attendance. That was my second one. My first one was June 3rd. June 5th had Jessica Simpson as a surprise opener. my god it was a magical evening basically everything has been downhill ever since in my life so anyway uh (laughs) it says the band's recipe for touring is less about the bubblegum music itself than wrapping everything up in bright candy coated packages so that kind of sucks right because it's like just because they wanted to have fun and be like young guys (laughs) who have this huge budget suddenly now they're seen as all style no substance which is really unfortunate and remember this is also before the album came out so there was one example no strings attached of them moving into a different arena when it comes to pop music but not going fully out of that bubblegum teen dream thing but celebrity hadn't come out yet so that which was even more musically diverse nobody had heard so they continue love them or hate them you've got to admit NSYNC puts on a killer show they soar above the audience's heads hustle down hydraulic stairways and disappear off stage one moment only to magically materialize halfway across the arena the next the groups <clears throat> excuse me it was a stadium but <laughs> the group's two hour plus routine more closely resembles an extended Super Bowl halftime show than a traditional concert, so it's fitting that the smallest venue on their 35-stop tour will be Hershey Park's 31,000-seat football stadium. All night long, flashing laser lights, blazing pyrotechnics, and elaborate stage props created a wild fantasy concoction mixing radio-friendly tunes and frantic exercise video choreography with David Copperfield-style shenanigans. Halfway through one particularly gymnastic dance number, a teenage fan standing beside me turned to her friend and earnestly said, they are like so talented. But was she referring to their singing or their nearly infamous number of Taibo-worthy contortions they've mastered? Well, sir, she was probably referring to both. And by the way, that show was for her, okay? It was not for you older stuffy person who probably thinks the only good boy band is the Beatles and I love the Beatles but you know what I mean they should have got some 11 year olds up in this bitch reviewing this okay (laughs) like try some 13 year olds some 8 year olds because those of us in that age group were living okay this show while yes is for everybody Those of us who were the main demographic, we were very pleased, trust me. I still think about this show to this day, and not only because I'm doing this series. Variety did a review as well, and they said, 
It is a visual overload, this pop odyssey tour starring the reigning champs of the pop music marketplace in sync. There are films and explosions and dancers and mechanical bulls and more costumes than songs. It looks exhausting for performer and young viewer alike. Um, no, it wasn't exhausting for me at all. In fact, I think when I left those shows, I was more energized than I ever had been in my life. It's a feast of production values, a sign that every dime went into something the audience can see and take in collectively. The show is a better marketing tool than a dozen videos. Pop Odyssey is a flat-out vehicle to expose new songs to their hardcore audience and give a dynamic and visceral association to the bulk of the music on the new album, Celebrity. That is one of the best descriptions that I've ever read of this. It's just so apt. <laughs> give their hardcore audience a dynamic and visceral association to the bulk of the new music. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can hear that in this whole episode. Nine of the 13 songs that appear on Celebrity are included in the Pop Odyssey show, which has 15 shows on the docket until it closes September 7th at Madison Square Garden. By that time, Celebrity, which was released Tuesday, probably will have sold more than 5 million copies and a third single from the disc will be primed for airplay. Teen Pop may be showing signs of an imminent death. In Sync, on the other hand, is the healthiest band going regardless of genre. They really were. They were the biggest they were the biggest band in the world. The Rolling Stone headline was very accurate. The concert works in vignettes, taking each song and associating it with images that are inflated to the point where ambiguity <laughs> ambiguity is vanquished. <laughs> the band members are pictured on the three giant video screens in emotional extremes, wild and sexy for one song, tenderhearted or even goofy on the next two, and in solo and group settings to make the girls swoon. Cameras for the first half of the 90-minute extravaganza are squarely focused on J.C. Chazay, the singer who blossoms the most on Celebrity and has begun to show signs that he will have a performing career once he's no longer part of the in crowd. So I feel like they feel the same way as me. First of all, Variety, you're clearly a J.C. girl. Secondly, they said that JC is the singer who blossoms the most on Celebrity. What did I say about it in the last episode? That's basically what I said. I said... <laughs> I said that Celebrity was more JC-inspired and, like, spearheaded by what he wanted than it was Justin. But no one's ready for that conversation. In a year, y'all will be saying it, okay? Just link to my Instagram, please. So <laughs> second half is almost all Justin, the heartthrob who does a fine job in the band's faux silent movie during Gone, arguably the band's strongest ballad in its three album career. Yeah, it is. I agree, but no one's ready for that either. <laughs> Gone and its black and white video accompaniment was a most welcome, calming respite from the big bangs of the music and the videos that preceded it. Again, you need a 12-year-old reviewing this show, okay? You need an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old. Different story. InSync opened with Pop, the single released a month ago, and its energy alone makes it an attention getter, never mind the supplemental shenanigans. The band members rose from inside a midfield stage that was connected to the main stage with a lengthy ramp. Within the song's three minute running time, they had altered their clothing three times, moved to the main stage, shared moves with female dancers, shown performance segments on video, and excited the crowd with a few pyrotechnics. 
Variations on the theme continued with mechanical bulls for Space Cowboy, a battleship ramp that fed into overhead suspension wires used to move the sinkers from one stage to the other on the two of us and a video game motif for the game is over that merged animation, video, and costuming at an absurd level of dead-on interpretation of a lyric. It's just, it's so JC, that high concept stuff. And it's so in sync. Like, they like a literal moment. Again, it makes me ill. Like, they had to be doctors. It's just, that's the way they are. They're not afraid to be cheesy. And that's one of the reasons why I love them. Grand as it all is, there is no cohesiveness to this effort. Each song has its own envelope, and it seems many fans will have trouble digesting all the audio-visual information on offer. See, I don't really agree. I feel like kids can take that in... You, I think a lot of kids are more open to that than adults. Like, I think the adults were the ones in the audience that were tired. Like, we were, I mean, we were raring to go. We were not exhausted by all of that audiovisual information. I think that it was perfect for kids. In short, Pop Odyssey is one long encouragement to spend, spend, spend. On one hand, it's commendable that NSYNC favors material that many in the crowd heard for the first time Tuesday, but how much of that music can stand on its own? Beyond pop and gone, NSYNC is stuck straddling the fence of hip-hop and pop, trying out some of the syncopated rhythms that Destiny's Child has employed over and over, and then reverting to the boy band staple, the overwrought ballad. Selfish and Something Like You are so-so songs, as is The Game Is Over. Um, speak for yourself. <laughs> for the folks who see the show, though, they each have their own disguise to make them seem that much better when the CD is playing. Okay, who wrote this? Because I'm about to call you out for just sucking the fun out of everything. Let's see. Phil Gallo. Of course, of course, Phil. It was, of course, it was somebody named Phil. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. InSync is not for Phil. InSync is for young girls. And gays. And other guys. Because actually, aren't there a lot of straight NSYNC fans? Like, it's kind of, I mean, straight male NSYNC fans. It's kind of awesome. Like, I didn't really realize that. But anyways, everyone loves NSYNC. It's great. It's 2023 and everyone loves NSYNC. <laughs> so another review from the Star Tribune says, NSYNC steals hearts. And this one I love because they, like, interviewed fans. And Because what did I just say? Ask us. Ask the tweens. So it says... Carly Wolf clutched hands with her friend Paige Rappaport and screamed the way 12-year-old girls scream. InSync had just taken the stage Sunday night at the Metrodome and the insanity was instantaneous. I love the, the N jokes instead of I-N. I just, I will do that forever. Uh... <laughs> As the group got down to pop, their edgy new single that opened the show, Carly was crying and singing along at the same time. Me too, girl. She pulled absentmindedly at her long brown hair like a 12-year-old girl does. And then when Joey Fatone scampered down the runway a mere 10 feet from Carly, her screams reached a new crescendo. Dude, this was, that is so real. <laughs> Carly, you're so real for that because the way that they would always set up their stages, like I said, is they always had a stage that would like come down from the ceiling or a platform that would be out in the crowd so that people across the stadium could see them up close. And girl, when they got over to right in front of you, it was over. It was all over. The article goes on with somebody else being quoted. It says, when the Beatles came to Shea Stadium, my parents wouldn't let me go, said Jill Wolf, Carly's mom. I'll never forget that. That's why my daughter saw the Backstreet Boys when she was six. 
I literally will be giving birth at a concert. I have no doubt about that. I need to travel with a midwife because I'm, I want my child in that atmosphere as well. Okay, I completely agree. I mean, my mom and dad did take me to concerts, thank God. But that just, that just fuels my fire even more that I want my kids to grow up that way. Carly said the third instant concert she'd been to was the best. Every minute is great, she said, as she fidgeted with a stuffed animal she hoped to toss at sync when the security guards weren't looking. I love the setup. I'm screaming louder here than at the Target Center. I love all the new songs. And then they talk about how the album didn't come out yet, and her mom says, the CD should be out so kids can sing along. If you can't sing along, it's not as much fun for the younger kids. Honestly, I was, like I said, living. I, it was a 10 out of 10 for me. I didn't care that I didn't know the songs. I maybe it's just because I was already such a deep lover of music I wasn't just a kid that was like oh yeah NSYNC is cool I was like no I love them <laughs> like like I need this these sounds in my ears or I will not be able to go on like that was my vibe so I thought it was exciting because I had no idea what was coming next like would the next song be it's gonna be me or would it be some new song that I've never heard before that to me was thrilling so I loved it so then Carly's mom compares the NSYNC show to when she saw Paul McCartney perform at the same stadium in 1993 and she goes Paul came out in a cherry picker and that was it <laughs> she's judging Paul McCartney for not being on a mechanical bull honestly mood I've seen him twice and there was not a single nerf gun I don't know what he was thinking so she continues there was no one using a trampoline and a velcro wall and flying over the audience <laughs> Come on, Paul McCartney, you need to learn from these five. Page 11 had I Love Joey handwritten on her t-shirt and Take Me Backstage on a note pinned to a stuffed animal. <laughs> Female friends near the stage had homemade shirts that declared in love with sync." Love it. And three young women in the front row wore white wedding veils and t-shirts printed with Do You Take This Man on the back over a photo of one member of NSYNC. Under the photo, the type screamed an answer. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but is this article not the, your favorite thing that you've ever read in your life? Like, it's literally <laughs> killing me. I love that, like, unhinged thing when you're young like you can only get away with that stuff when you're like 11 12 you know because if I did that now I would be arrested it would be like come on these guys are taken you're being weird why did you pin a note to a stuffed animal are you doing voodoo you know it would just it would be a mess but when you're that age that's why I miss this time like it was just so fun because we were kids we were kids okay I'm gonna start crying anyways the article continues, even boys dug in sync. Justin Whitney, 11, thought the concert was great, a lot more spectacular than his only previous concert, jazz trumpeter Maynard Ferguson. <laughs> Maynard Ferguson is another one who has to learn from in sync, okay? Paul McCartney and Maynard, they need schooling. They need to get back in class. Then they talk about this kid, Justin, who got to attend the sound check along with a hundred other fans who won passes from corporate sponsors. They interviewed some more kids. Jessica Nielsen, age 10, of Lakeville, Wisconsin, said, It was not at all what I imagined. It was really, really loud. There were more songs than I expected and more people. 
See, I was not that type of kid who would come out of a concert saying it was so loud and there were so many people. No, I was like giving full reviews the way I do on this podcast. I was like, look, that five part harmony is slaying. I mean, I didn't say slaying at the time, but I was really like, I was like, look, we all can see how much Lance's dancing has evolved even just since the Madison Square Garden special. You know what I mean? I was like giving in-depth, like my dad was getting up from the kitchen table and going directly to his room because he was like, I don't really need to hear another review of the Instinct concert. We already went over it five times. Anyway, then they got into their critical review of the show and they did say that the sound was less than flattering just because of the venue. Stadiums have a lot of issues. There were many fans that were disappointed or asked for refunds at the opening of the Jonas Brothers tour at Yankee Stadium, not through any fault of the band, but there are parts of stadiums where it's really hard to hear. That's why if you're not up close at a stadium, I wouldn't even go. To be honest, I hate stadium shows. I'm all about the intimacy as much as possible. So hold your horses. We're going to get into the celebrity tour in a minute, but I think that must have hurt them too because people couldn't hear that five-part harmony as crystal clear as they might have other times. It says, It was difficult to decipher the words on the new upbeat songs, including Celebrity and Up Against the Wall. The sound is in more of a mechanized funk direction, somewhat reminiscent of vintage Michael Jackson with updated beats. This time around, the prefab five seemed to be projecting more of an attitude, as if some of the songs and the messages on the video screen were flipping a figurative finger at the critics. The feistiness adds a much-needed edge, but if critics are Instinct's biggest gripe, these guys have nothing to complain about. See, I agree because I personally think that artists should just completely ignore the critics, do their own thing, whatever the critics say, it doesn't matter, choose whatever you want to do in your way, how you want to do it, express yourself. So I get where this person is coming from. Like, if that's your biggest problem, that you have critics, then you're doing pretty good in life, right? Because to even have critics, it means that you're stepping out in some way and you're doing something. You're getting noticed. But I do understand why NSYNC was so frustrated by the way that they were talked about by critics because I really cannot stress enough, as much as I've said it already in other episodes, like they were thought of as children's entertainment, like a silly prepackaged joke so I get what this person is saying but at the same time you're human it's I think it's hard not to let it get to you in some form so they continue maybe they're striving for artistic respect but clearly these guys are savvy successful and shameless businessmen Carly's mom had no qualms about shelling out another $32 for another sync shirt for her I wish tour shirts were still $32 can you imagine I remember thinking that was so much when I was at the concert and I was like, mom, can I please? She was like, okay. And actually, I don't even know if my mom bought me a real one. I think that she got me like the fake one that was being sold in the parking lot, which I still have, by the way, somewhere. I don't know where, but I know I didn't throw it away. Anyway, I could go through a bunch more reviews that essentially say the same thing, but I just, I loved the 10 and 11 year old hysteria and unhinged chaos of that article so we're gonna talk about the celebrity tour in a minute but first I want to play this clip of JC just talking about NSYNC's tours in general looking back from Lance's podcast look 
I don't like it when I go to a show and I feel like the artist didn't care about the audience. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing that you always got when you came to see NSYNC perform, and that was no, no holding back. There was no expense spared. The whole experience was about the audience. Yeah. Everything. If we could think of it, we went as far as we could. And I think that matters. I think if you're going to, if you're put in a position where you can do that, you almost have a responsibility to do it. You know, it's like, hey, if you're willing to give me your time, your energy, and your money, I'll be damned if I don't do everything to reward you for yeah. your kindness. I mean, we were, we were so lucky to have the opportunity to be able to do that. 100%. Yeah. That is one of so many different examples I could give of JC acknowledging the fans and their audience in a deeper way than I think a lot of artists do. You could tell how much he really cared deeply about putting on a good show and he didn't want people to go home disappointed and I think I would feel the exact same way I mean I even feel that way with the much smaller productions and gigs and things that I'm involved with so I cannot imagine the pressure of such a massive scale like their fan base and I actually think that they were really smart with Pop Odyssey being so big and so bold and so bright and so young feeling because a lot of their fans were my age. We were little kids. Bright colors and loud sounds and fireworks and all that stuff. That goes well with a tween or younger audience. And yes, there were older fans as well. And I think if I was like 16 and up, I would have definitely preferred the celebrity tour which was more intimate so let's get into that i know that i said pop odyssey was my favorite and i think it is because i saw it as a kid again i think if i was like 16 and up when i saw celebrity i would have been like okay this is my tour because this is really the tour for the music lovers in my opinion so the idea initially was just to go in the complete opposite direction of Pop Odyssey. Instead of providing the big celebrity spectacle, they would instead strip things down. There had been an initial concept for this tour that included actually doing either a full tour in only small little theaters, or there actually had been an initial concept for this tour that included either doing just a full tour of intimate theaters or doing an arena tour, but hitting up a historic theater every few cities or so, like the night after they did the big arena show, and doing an even more stripped down version of what they were doing in the arenas, which I love that idea. I love that idea. I think that is so smart and I wish that they would do that when they go on tour when they go on tour when they go on tour we're manifesting I really hope that they will play some small venues because to hear those five singular voices acapella in a in a little theater or a club oh my god that's one of the reasons why I love 
going to Hanson shows. I've been to almost 100 Hanson shows. Hanson is my all-time favorite. And even they, like, they still play mostly small theaters. But even the theaters that they play that are small are, like, too big. I love when they play, like, the dirty clubs. <laughs> Which in some cities they still do, even though they have a lot of loyal fans who see them on tour and they can fill these theaters. I love the tiny venues where it feels like you're gonna die it, it's like you know they had a metal screamo show the night before and everybody was like headbanging and all that kind of stuff but Hanson just happens to be playing the next night I love those tiny venues if NSYNC did that oh my gosh or those of you who know this area if they did Rockwood in the city Rockwood Music Hall I would never I would never be able to move on with the rest of my life so anyway they couldn't do that because their record label and their management, and I'm sure even them to a certain extent, I'm not going to act like they are these untouchable artists that want no money and don't care about that. But I think it was mostly the people around them that were saying, look, if you do these tiny theaters, you are leaving millions and millions and millions of dollars on the table. You got to at least do arenas, okay? You don't have to do the stadiums like you did last time, but arenas, come on. And so they gave in. They said, okay, we'll do arenas. And this tour was simply them and the band. And honestly, the whole tour had more of a rock edge to it, whether it be in some cases rock and roll with heavy guitars and drums, or in some cases they even went into a more experimental, like alternative rock area. They went into jazz on this tour and... I love it because NSYNC was just that big that they couldn't go any bigger. So when you reach the top and you cannot get bigger, what do you do? You voluntarily scale it down and go smaller so you don't fall down the cliff and have everybody laugh at you on the way down because you're this big failure. You know, like if they had tried to do another big stadium tour right after Pop Odyssey, I think it would have been not good. But they love music and they love singing and so they really because they were so big they got to basically do this tour however they wanted and I love that I think that the label and their management and stuff was so happy that they had agreed to do the arenas and not the little theaters that they were like it's fine go crazy do whatever you want to do and so what resulted is this tour that was really I think what NSYNC will do when they come back and do another tour or residency or whatever. I think it'll be very similar to this celebrity tour, but just with less dancing because this tour, oh my God, it, it was still like wall-to-wall nonstop dancing, except when they did a slow song. I think of the juxtaposition between Pop Odyssey and Celebrity as kind of like what actors describe their careers as when they say, one for them, one for me which if anyone isn't familiar with that concept, basically a lot of famous actors feel the need to quote, play the game in Hollywood, right? Meaning they have to do what their agents and their managers and their publicists and their team and their lawyers say. But they also want to have artistic freedom and be creative. And what's the point of making all this money and being a huge star if you're making movies that you hate? So they adopt a policy of one for them, one for me. Meaning I'm gonna do one cheesy movie that makes me $20 million and pays off my whole team so they'll leave me alone for a while and puts my family through college and all that kind of stuff. 
And then right after I get to do one for me. I get to do some little indie movie that premieres at Sundance that only like 10 people will see but I don't care because I'm so proud of it and I love the subject matter and the dialogue and the writer and the director and I did it for me. So it's kind of like a seesaw and if you look in certain actors careers you can see when they were doing that. <laughs> it's kind of obvious in a lot of them. But the celebrity tour grossed just over 33.5 million dollars total and sold at about 90% capacity every night. This is compared to the 52.5 million that the Pop Odyssey tour took in because obviously there were much more seats in the stadiums to sell more tickets. They did 35 shows in 32 cities across the United States. They only had 19 trucks this time as opposed to almost 90 on the No Strings Attached tour and what Justin said ended up being 96 on the Pop Odyssey tour. Clothing was basically everyday wear compared to Pop Odyssey which was this very overly stylized ripped spray painted patched <laughs> tons of jackets and vests and ties and stuff you could pull off and all of that during pop odyssey a lot of the clothing that they wear in the celebrity tour is just like what they would wear when they go to the mall or whatever and i love it it, it lended itself to this stripped down we're just normal guys who happen to be super talented vibe and the main stage was relatively small. You had the band right behind the group. I love the first section of the show because it's very much just like the five of them singing and dancing their asses off on that one stage. And then they have these catwalks, if I remember correctly. And there's also a platform like behind the main stage that's above the band. So they would go up there, which they could access through stairs. But then there was also a fireman's pole that they could slide down because it's still in sync okay even though this isn't a big pop odyssey production they they're still like we need a fireman's pole okay we're not the backstreet boys we need a fireman's pole <laughs> they also swing on ropes during no strings attached which was they were young guys you know they were basically still like boys like they needed to they needed to get on a rope at some point and just swing the testosterone was flying it was great then there was this other ramp that was like up in the air and they could get on the stairs and go up to this ramp it was um I don't know how to describe it like it was closer to the ceiling than it was the floor <laughs> right and it was the function of it was that if you're in the arena and you're not by the stage if you're like on the sides there's this ramp up in the air where if you're in the 200 section suddenly in sync is right across from you you know what I mean like the the ramps extended out from the main stage and went they were like parallel to each other on either side of the arena am I explaining this right it's so hard to explain because I remember from my own memory but that is getting foggy now it's been a minute and the videos from this tour are not official so you can barely see what's going on in them <laughs> but you guys remember right the, those of you who were there it was really really cool like for a show that was supposed to be more like low-key it really wasn't at all compared to other artists <laughs> but for instinct it was like the most low-key show they had ever done since their pleasure island showcase you know it was tame for them the openers included Genuine, which I think is so cool, again, because Cisco opened on the No Strings Attached tour, and I just love when they mix genres for openers. They could have just had whatever upcoming boy band was trying to get 
some of NSYNC's money. <laughs> but instead, they went with Genuine, which I love, and then Smash Mouth, P. Diddy, and Tony Luca, which what a motley crew. I <laughs> I loved it. Look, I didn't see Genuine, but I, I did get the latter three and I was thrilled I mean I was waiting for NSYNC but it was it was a great show I mean they really <laughs> they really had stacked entertainment for us that night so the set list this is amazing I love this set list it's so cool that they chose to do this because that's how big they were is that they could choose to do whatever they felt like and we would all scream and pin notes to our teddy bears and throw them at Chris because <laughs> We would beg to be let backstage because we love them so much at this point that we wanted to see whatever they wanted to do, you know? I mean, I'm not saying that they could have, like, just fried eggs on stage and we would have been enthralled, but what they chose to do was so representative of them as artists and I love that. So they started with Do Your Thing, which if you listen to my JC part four, you know how much this song influenced me as a kid and how important it was for me to hear not just my mom or whoever in my life tell me to be myself and stay true to myself, but to hear in sync say it, I think was very important to my young moldable brain. And so this song was huge for me. I'll never forget when they first came out. I never expected that they were gonna do this song first, okay? And I just freaked out because it was one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song on the album at the time. And they hadn't done it for Pop Odyssey. And that is still to this day, one of my favorite things about going to see my favorite artist so many times is when they play a song that I have never heard live. It's like finding a golden ticket in the Willy Wonka movie. It's just so, so, so exciting. And I love that they gave this song a moment. And something I was thinking about that I hadn't thought about when I recorded my last episode was how I love that Do Your Thing was the last in sync song for many years. Now we have Better Place, thank God. Oh, thank God. But for 22 years, that was the last NSYNC song that we had. And I think it kind of left a good taste in people's mouths. Like, I think it was a good song to end their discography on. Because they did do their thing. They were adopted by this man who didn't want them to do their thing. He wanted them to only do copy Backstreet Boys, make me another identical pile of money, if not even more. But NSYNC did decide to do their thing and break away and stay true to themselves and not let themselves be walked all over. And it's so apt that they would open this tour with this song because they were doing their thing. Like they, like this set list is so random. So anyways, then they go straight into Bye 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 and It's Gonna Be Me, which I love when artists do this like later in their career, which NSYNC wasn't even... <laughs> <laughs> They'd only been out for a few years, but I love when artists do this on like their fourth or fifth tour. They just play like their big hits, boom, 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 one after the other at the beginning. Lady Gaga did that on her Chromatica tour. Did you guys see it? Who saw it? Who saw it? Because I was dying. She just opens with bad romance, poker face, love game, just dance. Oh no, she did love game more in the middle. She did just dance, bad romance, and poker face like in the first three songs of the show, it was everything. It was like, oh my God, I am at a freaking Lady Gaga concert. This is, this is bad romance. Okay, so right at the beginning of the show, you're getting bye, bye, bye. You're getting it's gonna be me. If that's what you came for, if you're a local, you're happy, you're satisfied. You're like, now what are they gonna do? They did For the Girl Who Has Everything, an early, beautiful song. 
Then they went into God Must Have Spent, another first album ballad. Then they went into Tearing Up My Heart, but they did this cool remix version that contained elements of the Janet Jackson song, If. That was the cool thing about this tour is they kept mixing in all these other songs. It was so cool. It was so cool. Then they go back to their most recent album. They do Celebrity and Up Against the Wall. Up Against the Wall, another huge highlight for me. Which, by the way, justice for Up Against the Wall, because when I did my poll on my Instagram story about which JC penned song is your favorite, that got like almost no votes. Which the two of us, out of the four, the two of us is my favorite. So I wouldn't have voted for up against the wall either but I love up against the wall I think it is such a fun dance song and I was dancing my ass off literally this show I only was something even slightly close to resembling still during the slow songs I did full choreography during this entire concert like I'm not kidding I mean I was dancing like the rent was due I'm not kidding like I was going crazy to the point where after my mom was like what like came over you <laughs> like, that was... she knew I was really into dance but it was just it was a lot I mean it was freedom for me like I truly felt free and I do know like I, I said earlier I've been to almost 100 Hanson concerts I've been to probably at least I don't even know how many non-Hanson shows. Like, I estimate that I've been to between 150, 175 concerts in my life. This was really the beginning of that. I just felt so free seeing my faves play and sing and perform the songs that were shaping my identity at the time. And I loved to dance more than anything. And... I just felt the most like myself. Like, besides when I was on stage personally, I feel the most me when I'm dancing in the crowd. That's just, or singing along. That's me in a nutshell. There's nowhere else I would rather be. I mean, home on the couch, eating and watching a movie it comes very close. But I love, <laughs> I just love concerts and live music so much. Anyway, then they do this amazing group of medleys of songs from back in the day so not only are the kids happy but the moms are thrilled the moms are like taking off their bras and throwing them at the stage I mean not really I didn't see any of that but let's let's be honest it we know it happened right they did a medley at first they did a Beatles medley oh and I have to tell you that they went up on those ramps that were up in the sky or not in the sky but the top of the venue and they walked around those and there was like another stage that was shaped like kind of like a half circle and that was all the way on the other side of the venue so that the people that were furthest from the stage could see them up close they did she loves you I want to hold your hand and hey Jude and then they did twist and shout and I loved the Beatles like I didn't get super into them until my teen years but I was definitely raised on that stuff like most kids that grew up in the 90s it was like our parents grew up in the 60s and 70s so we grew up hearing that because they were playing it then they did a medley of my girl the way you do the things you do 
and I can't get next to you. So that was three songs by The Temptations, which The Temptations were also a very big influence on In Sync. The great thing about it is they were just genuinely having fun. They wanted to perform songs that they loved, that they knew all of the moms and dads in the audience would really appreciate. And because it wasn't written for them, it wasn't all JC and Justin singing all of the verses. So you really got to hear Joey and Chris, even a little bit Lance, but especially Chris. I feel like Chris was living during this whole sequence. And then they also did Sailing, which was on their first album. That's also a cover from a little bit later than the rest of these songs. I believe Sailing originally was released in 79 by Christopher Cross. So after that sequence, then they get into Tell Me, Tell Me Baby and No Strings Attached to all time bangers when it comes to the choreography especially and don't forget they were swinging on ropes okay it was giving Tarzan it was giving trash in the camp why didn't they play that (laughs) then they did this I promise you and I drive myself crazy and I love these performances I don't know why but for some reason I love this I promise you on the celebrity tour so much more than on the no strings attached tour just my personal opinion I really think that on this tour they were at their best vocally like you would think at this point they would be a little bit run down and raspy not our guys okay not not our five not the sinks they were in tip-top ship shape okay they every single note was perfect even as they hung on ropes and slid down firemen's poles and walked on a skinny little ramp up 30 feet or however high up they were I don't know they sounded amazing and they were as I said in part four so in sync like it's not a pun it's true I have cried watching this tour because I'm like they should be together and now they are (laughs) now they are back together but I was which thank god you know what I keep thinking about how when I started my Lindsay Lohan series I believe I did know that she was making a movie But can we talk about how I did my Lindsay Lohan series and she made her comeback that same year and then I did this JC thing and now NSYNC is back. Am I a witch? I think I really should be taken in for studying at a medical facility because I clearly have some type of power and I would like to know what it is. Who should I do next? Who do we want to come back, reunite, Spice Girls? Like, I'm, I I will only use my power for good, I promise you. But I just, I just keep thinking about it in terms of my Lindsay series, which when I did my Lindsay series, and I went through talking about all of these horrible things that she had gone through and how rough her life was, I was like, I'm so happy that I can now report on this in 2022-23 when her life is so much better and she's happy and healthy and pregnant and has this great movie that, I mean, you know, is it going to win Oscars? No, but everyone loved Falling for Christmas. It was the perfect amount of cheesy Christmas Lindsay that we needed. I'm so happy that she's in that place now because if I did this series a few years back, I think it would have been too depressing and sad, honestly, to just leave it on a note of like, yep, Lindsay is still having issues and it's no end in sight. And I feel the same way about this JC series. Like, I'm so grateful that I don't have to end it being like, shrug? Well, I hope JC releases something in the future. Maybe someday and Sync will get back together. Okay, bye everybody. Like it's going to be so much better of an ending now because things are happening. And I 
do feel like my manifesting powers are out of control at this point. So I should, I am taking full credit and responsibility for NSYNC getting back together and Lindsay Lohan's comeback. So that was me. And yeah, I, I appreciate all your guys' support through all of this. During this part of the concert, they also were sitting on a row of stools on the main stage and they just talk through a lot of it. Like they're just very silly. They like communicate with the audience. They ramble on, they chill. I loved it. It, it was just kind of like getting to know in sync or something. Like I think it felt as close to what we are capable of experiencing because obviously most of us are not gonna hang out with all five of them ever so this kind of made it feel even more intimate like we were just chilling with them like this is what they might be talking about and the jokes they might be making if we were all just literally hanging out at one of their houses then they do I want you back which was so good they did this like jazzy acoustic version of it please go find it right now on YouTube if you've never heard this version I love it like I love the different arrangements that's why I live for the intimate holiday special because everything is a different arrangement and everything sounds new and fresh compared to the traditional way that it, they're usually performed that we've all now heard a million times by the time the intimate holiday special airs so it was the same thing here they didn't let their old music get stale which again it wasn't even that old <laughs> but we had all heard it a million times and they had played it a million times so they really made it fresh that's technically the end of the show or not I should say not technically the end because then they come out for the encore which is three songs they start with Gone and Gone was so different than on the Pop Odyssey tour it was like a rock ballad it that's what it turned into Justin and the guitarist I mean the guitarist is like wailing through it and so is Justin and he put so much passion into that and I will never forget because Britney and Justin had just broken up the month before okay I saw them April 2002 they broke up March 2002 in the car on the way home my mom would not shut up you guys she was literally like that performance was for Britney and I just know they're gonna get back together incorrect mom I'm sorry incorrect I mean I at the time wanted them to get back together too but it clearly I mean the part she was right about was it was for her I mean I loved the performance of Gone from Pop Odyssey when he was like you know grinding all over the catwalk as the guys just like sat in the background like shrugging like okay I guess this is just our lives now but this was different because it had that rock edge and it was just so intense but the only thing is it goes on and on and on and on and I've totally defended Gone and you guys know if you listen to part four I said I think JC had more influence on the celebrity era than Justin did and I think that's part of why Justin wanted to go out on his own he didn't want to have JC to compete with or anybody's ideas to have to consider he wanted only his ideas he wanted to do his own thing and this very much shows that like he he's like look you have to give me my own section of this show or I'm leaving even sooner and he did the damn thing I mean he's it's so self-indulgent and ridiculous but like happy for him you know I mean he really just gives it his all and it's an amazing performance it's a little too much but you know what whatever the way that he expressed himself through that song, I think it was what everybody wanted to hear. They did because after he broke up with Britney, it was like, oh my God, is he okay? Is she okay? Did he really cheat? Did she really cheat? What happened? And so watching him perform this song about someone he loves being gone after just ending things with Britney, I mean, we were all feral in the audience. We were losing it. Then they did Girlfriend. 
the remix, which, oh my God, that remix, girl. I love the song as it is with Just In Sync, but that remix, I am so annoying anytime that comes on anywhere, which it doesn't really come on that often. So now I'm kind of thinking, what am I remembering? I think I'm just remembering me putting it on at a party, like me going over to someone's eye home that I probably shouldn't touch and finding the source and then like turning on Girlfriend the Neptune's remix so that I can dance to it at the party because I love I think Nelly's rap is so perfect like it's so dumb (laughs) it's so dumb while being so not dumb at the same time like it's so good it's just perfect for that era and like what Nelly was at the time and the St. Lunatics and the Band-Aid. It's just so good. I love the self-referential part. Like, oh my God, how does it go? He's like, tell your man bye-bye and tell him you're long gone. That whole thing, that, couldn't handle it. Every single time it came on the radio, I was screaming it, loved it. I wanted to jump on top of a car. I still to this day am very unimpressed because no man has jumped on top of a car and started doing a previously planned choreographed dance on top of it while Nelly raps next to a beautiful woman that he's caressing. You know, it's just, that's never happened to me. I'm disappointed. Then they finish it out with pop, which is perfect because they opened the last tour with pop and you can hear parts of Janet's control, which is perfect because they did take control. Like Janet's whole, if you don't know anything about the career of Janet Jackson, she also was controlled early on in her career. So then she came out with her third album was called Control and she was like, I'm taking control back, bitch. I am a Jackson. How dare you? And then she did her own thing. And like to a lot of fans, her first two albums are like, they don't even, it's like the redheaded stepchildren. And her first like real Janet album is Control. So yeah, the fact that they, they did that as their last song on their last but not last tour. (laughs) It was perfect. And their last show was April 28th, 2002. That was the last official NSYNC show. Yes, they did a few odd performances after that, but that was their last show. And I kind of love that they didn't know that at the time. I kind of love that they thought they were just about to go on hiatus because it's kind of like that Nora Ephron quote, how does it go? She says, like, you really ought to have your last meal before it actually comes up. Meaning if something is actually your last meal and you know that, it's probably going to be miserable because you're all going to be sitting around crying saying it's my last meal, I'm dying tomorrow. But if you don't know that it's happening, you don't know it's your last, you can just live it the way that you lived all the other ones without that extra pang in your heart of it's the last time. You can just live it more authentically And so I I love that they didn't know. Okay, so let's get into some celebrity tour reviews. Now, this tour, it's hard to find as much information on it. So it's hard to find reviews that are still up, even when I go through the Wayback Machine. So here's one from the Des Moines Register, because I know that you guys are wondering what Kyle Munson of Des Moines, Iowa, thought And he he says, saxophonist Paul Howards and seven other musicians took the stage Wednesday in Ames to the deafening sound of high-pitched screams. But the audience of about 12,500 at Hilton Coliseum 
predominantly young and female, and whipped into a frenzy. Remember, I told you guys No Strings Attached was a frenzy. It's true. It, the frenzy continued. Hardly noticed the guys plunking away at their instruments. See, that's not true. I hate that they try to categorize young women as not being interested in non-famous people that are playing instruments behind in sync. I very much noticed the musical difference. And again, I was a music nerd. Like, I loved music as a kid, so I probably was a little more interested than your average young girl. But that's like a sexist, ageist comment. It's like, oh, they're just young girls, so all they care about is cute Justin Timberlake and JC looking hot and whatever, you know? Which, yes, I was very concerned with, with how gorgeous JC looked it was it should have been a it was a crime how good he looked but I also noticed the instruments and I noticed the change in the arrangements and the instrumentals because I listened to those freaking songs a hundred thousand times each I sound like Dr. Evil <laughs> those freaking songs but I did like I'm pissed because Kyle Munson you obviously don't know anything about young girls because we listen to that music over and over again so then when we hear a different arrangement it registers as different and it's like ooh, this is interesting i mean i wasn't just blindly looking at jc's perfect arms you know the quintet has hyped its current celebrity tour of indoor arenas as a more intimate relaxed affair than 2001's massive summer visit to stadiums in the wake of their third album celebrity sure they fired pyrotechnics and confetti pranced around the arena on a suspended catwalk that's what it's called a suspended catwalk <laughs> i called it a ramp in the sky uh and <laughs> and swung above the audience on ropes, but the show rated mostly low-key in terms of special effects. That is true. I mean, there's just song after song after song where they're literally just singing and dancing their asses off. Like, nothing out of the ordinary happens. The only thing that's really different is the arrangements, but, like, they're just killing it song after song. It's, it is a really organic tour. Oh, I can't wait till they do another show. I'm gonna, oh my god, I'm gonna be in the front row sobbing. All things considered, Instinct did successfully freshen many of their songs with new arrangements and give an adequate reason to trade music for spectacle. Now, how about dispensing with the hokey synchronized steps altogether? Again, I disagree, my dude. How can you not watch them dance and be impressed? Even if you hate boy bands, hate dancing, and hate all good things in life. I mean, they were just so good. Even these crappy uh, VHS copy transfers whatever onto youtube you know they're they're blurry and they're grainy but you can see how absolutely perfect their routines are i mean i know that when they come back and do another show or tour whatever they're going to do i know it's not going to be as crazy with the dancing obviously but i do hope that they do some of the classic moves they don't have to even do them full out but I hope they still do them. I mean, just here and there. It doesn't have to be every song. Like, I'm actually looking forward to more of a celebrity tour vibe on the next tour, the next time that NSYNC does a show. But it's just very, very, it's, oh, it's so exciting. I don't, I can't even, I'll get into a whole tangent. I'm not, I'm just so excited. Anyways, so then they describe some of the numbers and they say about the Beatles medley, Kirkpatrick introduced a set of Beatles and oldies covers as a respectful tribute rather than emulation, and the young audience ate up She Loves You, Hey Jude, and the rest like the songs were new hot hits. 
But for All Instinct's effort to link themselves to hallowed Beatlemania, they forgot an important distinction. The Liverpool Quartet cut its teeth in a sweaty rock club in Germany with instruments in hand, not by cooing on a kid's Disney TV show. Okay, that's such a weird fact to state. That's like saying, uh, unlike NSYNC, the Beatles are from England, <laughs> you know? Or like, unlike NSYNC, there are four members of the Beatles. Well, there are five of NSYNC. It's like, why are you just stating a fact? I mean, I understand what he's implying, of course. He's implying that the Beatles are like real musicians and rock stars because they cut their teeth in a rock club in Germany, a sweaty, tiny little club with instruments in hand which makes them so much better than in sync because two members of their group started on a disney show it's like if there was a disney show in liverpool then paul mccartney probably would have auditioned for it are you kidding me people are just happy to get any gig in show business First of all, I wouldn't even compare the Beatles to NSYNC because they're just so different. But yeah, if you want to say the Beatles are better, quote, than NSYNC, then fine. There's a lot of cases that you can make for that. But I wouldn't, if I was to sit down and give a hundred reasons as to why the Beatles are better than NSYNC, I would never ever say, well, you know, the Beatles cut their teeth in a sweaty rock club in Germany with instruments in hand, not on a Disney show. <laughs> like that, I, that wouldn't even be in the top 100 things I would say about the Beatles that make them better than NSYNC. You know what I mean? It's just so backwards to me, the, the default basic ass way that this man thinks. A cover of The Temptations' My Girl rang truer. Okay, so then tell me, why are they more like The Temptations? than they are the Beatles. They don't explain. And even though the boys included a cover of Christopher Cross's Pillowy Sailing on their 1998 debut, the new live version inserted a percolating dance beat beneath the chorus. Current pop radio listeners can compare it to the likes of Craig David. Yes, we all know they were obsessed with Craig David. <laughs> a rambling overlong bull session, which featured plugs for both a bar and a go-kart track in suburban Des Moines where the boys frolicked on Tuesday led to <laughs> sorry it took me a second to process that like I understand what they were saying but just the way that they worded that that they frolicked at the go-kart track <laughs> I was like what <laughs> um led into a blues revamp of I want you back and no strings attached that is so good that's one of the best parts of this entire show go ahead and laugh but at least give InSync credit for leaping in with both feet so I do like that he said that line because he's basically saying hey they're trying something you know, you can sit and judge from your couch, but at least they're really diving in. When they do something, they really do it. You know, you got to give them credit for that. And I do that all the time. There are so many artists that I do not like their music. I don't like anything that I see about them really, but I'm like, hey, good for that person. You know, they're, they're doing the damn thing. <laughs> you know, I think that you have to be happy for people that you don't necessarily think deserve their success. Like this guy is obviously trying to like categorize NSYNC as somebody who maybe, you know, isn't as good as people say they are but he's still saying like hey they're they're doing it you know they're actually going for it another thing that he says that i kind of like is instinct certainly didn't break its teen idol mold but promising cracks are beginning to show so that makes me so sad because when i think of i'm like oh i wish justin just could have waited like one more year or something like that so they could do one more album one more tour because 
I would have loved to see what they did after this. Like, would they continue down the street of the stripped down, intimate, more low-key way of performing? Or would they go back to something like Pop Odyssey and say, you know, maybe we'll do every other tour, we'll do a huge stadium thing and then we'll do our smaller show as well. We'll never know, but it's just very interesting to think about. So MTV News was at the opening date show and (laughs) by this time the news had broke that Lance was going to space. So this starts with Lance Bass may not get to space as quickly as he'd like but he shouldn't worry his band's already in the stratosphere and they didn't even have to leave Portland to prove it haha uh so it says that the tour kicked off at the Rose Garden Arena blah 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 and I love the way that they describe this and glitter gelled eyelids twinkled in the night as thousands lined up for entrance through new security measures full bag check metal detector wands and pocket emptying for all slowed down things considerably, and made not a few young girls cry as they were forced to leave all posters, flowers, and other small gifts for the boys in a large bin outside the doors. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So this was like post 9-11. Isn't that crazy that they're noting you had to get your bag checked at a concert? Like now we don't have a full cavity search. And look, I support it. I don't want to get blown up or whatever at a concert. Like I... I get it, but I remember now that was new. It hasn't even been going on that long that we needed to have metal detectors outside of concerts. Like I went to concerts as a kid where I did not pass through a metal detector. There was no security aside from just the regular like venue security, making sure you don't, you know, just kill someone in general (laughs) or making sure you don't, you know, get drunk and throw up on somebody and then jump on the stage. Like it's just crazy, but I do remember that you weren't allowed to bring posters in, and that was, like, a big thing, and they told you at the door that the boys would get the posters backstage, so they would read them. Because <laughs> there were all these little girls that were upset. They spent freaking five hours on their posters, and they can't even show them. So this woman for MTV News, her name is Leah Greenblatt, she continues, seemingly outfitted for a dress rehearsal, all five looked like they just rolled off the bus, but grabbed a few shots of espresso on their way. Because yeah, their energy was always just unbelievable. She says Justin was quickly established as the star of the show, with JC running a close second. Joey, Lance, and Chris all have the moves down, but appear to be going through the motions at times. This is the Justin and JC show, and the others seemed resigned to their supporting player status. I really don't agree with that. I've said so many times before, I think that Lance, Joey, and Chris are incredibly talented, and I think that the group would not have been the same without all five of them. It had to be one, two, three, four, five. Like, it had to be them. I hate slander toward those three men because I love those three men she notes that before the second segment of the concert they disappear under the stage and come back in coordinated black and white outfits but it was still casual it was like fancy casual if that makes sense she talks about how they did the ballads and then she goes they jumped out of their seats and bounded across the stage like boy band tiggers launching into a super energized version of tearing up my heart before joey introduced the live band celebrity a hard driving funkadelic extravaganza followed and up against the wall brought up the rear with silly spastic dance floor fun then she talks about the covers 
and she said that they did them in quick succession while being spread out across a semi-circular sky bridge lowered from the ceiling and suspended over the audience. Are you guys getting a good visual of it between all of our explanations? Because it was so cool, especially to my little brain. And when I say little, I mean because I was young. I'm not like putting myself down. <laughs> I was a little kid, so that's why my brain was little. She said that their harmonized versions of The Temptations was calculated and kind of cheesy, but the boys were fully into it and the crowd loved it, especially the parent chaperones who made up for a good quarter of the audience. She says that JC told the audience that as a group, they love paying tribute to other artists and that they've made a habit of singing other people's music, like this one off our first album, and that's when they did Sailing. She says, sailing, which the boys unexpectedly turned into a revved up two-step number, a change that worked remarkably well and a little better than an ambitious but almost unrecognizable New Orleans blues version of their own I Want You Back. See, I loved that. That's one of my favorite parts of the concert. I love that version of I Want You Back. I actually love how different it is from the original, but it's still works perfectly just it's a it's for a different mood so i really like the way that she finishes here the last paragraph says after the requisite fever pitch screams for an encore all five returned again for the ballad gone pulling out a more bombastic take than the spare haunted version found on the album the new single girlfriend followed before they disappeared once more everyone knew what was coming and the guys didn't disappoint pop brought down the house and sent females from four to 40 into a swoon with its hump the floor choreography not how i would describe that they don't hump the floor in that choreography trust me i've i've humped many a floor like i said i was a competitive dancer not to brag but uh no i don't think that they really they did not really hump the floor but i i see where she's coming from uh she continues so now without me stopping the joke pop brought down the house and sent females from four to forty into a swoon with its hump the floor choreography as the girls screamed and the boys sang the thing you got to realize is what we're doing is not a trend. We got the gift of melody. We're going to bring it till the end. You almost couldn't help but believe them. <laughs> Does that not make your heart ache? You couldn't help but believe them? I love that. I love that so much. All right, everyone. I am going to say goodbye for now. And then in the next episode, we will get into the breakup of NSYNC. Although I think I really need to stop calling it the breakup now because it is official. It was just a hiatus. It may have been a very long hiatus, but it was a hiatus nonetheless because they have reunited. They are back together. And whew, if what I'm hearing is any indication, us NSYNC fans are in for some absolutely priceless experiences in the future and I just couldn't be happier about it and I really want to say thank you for listening to my podcast and for joining me on this crazy journey of this JC series that I never thought <laughs> I never thought I would be recording saying oh in sync is back and oh I met JC and I saw him sing new songs and I went to the BMAs never in a million years thought that would be happening and it's definitely a big reason why it's happening is because of you guys and your support. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Drop me a line. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So thank you again so much for listening. And next week we will discuss what caused the hiatus of NSYNC and what happened during that way, way too long hiatus. 
All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.